Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canada Talk. I'm your morning, my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Oxford in the FA Cup. Good to have the competition back as well. Um, yeah, it was uh, Oxford United side. You know that Arsenal were definitely going into with the favourites. Yeah, I mean, Arteta also had another changes. Um, Turner, Tommy are holding uh, Tierney, Vieira, Elneny, and Lacombe coming in. And this was, I mean, I think the game, this game also was also pivotal to people like uh, Vieira and Lacombe, especially because look, uh, Lacombe has been one that's always like you know been complaining or unhappy with his current situation at the club uh, with the game time. And I think Vieira, even though yes, he's putting on a strong face, I think he also would like to play in more football. So I mean, this was now also an ideal opportunity third round of the FA Cup to, you know, get things going. So the game starts very erratically, uh, both sides, uh, you know, almost like trying to string passes together. But, you know, uh, things were really getting tough because, I mean, the pitch was, even though to the eye it looked like a normal football pitch, but, I mean, when the camera would zoom in, you could actually see the pitch was quite bumpy. Yeah, I just want to go back to something with the starting line. Like, you know, you mentioned the run, the changes, but... You know, it just kind of showed a bit of uh, our squad depth lacked a bit up front where the, the front three that's been playing all the games from the, almost the restart had to be forced into, you know, playing again because, I yeah. don't know, Arteta doesn't really trust Marquinhos to even, you know, have a run out in, in a game against Oxford. But, you know, it shows that we, we need that area to be looked at a bit because, I mean, a knock to either one of those three <laughs> and you kind of have to force Mokinius, you know, someone in who hasn't played. But, yeah, like you said, very erratic start. And, you know, a game you thought Arsenal would have taken control of very early. It didn't seem that way. And, I mean, like, you get it written out to the eighth minute. And, I mean, it was, you know, tough to, to almost like force our style of play because every time you were trying to pass the ball, the balls are coming on the track. It was like a third or fourth bounce, like a bobble to the, the player. So, you know, you couldn't really do that. And then, of course, you had uh, Oxford. When they now started switching from trying to play uh, open football to start eating root one ball, so I mean they were putting our defense under you know serious pressure. But I mean up to then we actually dealt with it quite well. But they were also I must admit and, and give them you know, props is that they actually were very tight on us and they never let us time to breathe. They were closing us down. You know they win time to win every second ball. They turned it into a real scrap. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest now, it was also like pulling teeth, trying to find some decent chances or talking points in the first half of the match. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think there wasn't much to talk about because it was almost like a, a stalemate. Oxford wasn't, you know, budging and Arsenal trying to knock on the door, but they just couldn't get their way through. I found that Congo was getting also, was it, did I say bullied or he was getting kind of, you know, I don't know if he was playing with, you know, shell, but like for me, like, under the first half, like, I wouldn't say it was a top performer, but I would say, in fact, he struggled quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean, my point was also, uh, I fully agree with it, because I I felt uh, for the majority of that first half, since, I mean, look, we found both found in a poor also, but uh, El Nini had to almost like cover two people's jobs, because, look, you know, sometimes you always, yeah, sometimes, you know, El Nini used to get, like, flack from fan base, from the fan base and that. But I mean, he is like, you know, a really hard worker because, I mean, to, to, you're already playing in a sort of holding with the road. You have to protect the defense from, you know, route one balls and that. And I mean, he was doing that and he was trying to kind of get us over the 
the halfway line at least to, you know, to start moves. And that is where we Lukonga seem to just get lost in the moment. Then. Yeah, no, it's a bit worrying because you think of a, a squad, I mean, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to, to, to you know, saying, yeah, Arsenal are in a full-on title race and they have other competitions coming up. But, you know, Thomas Party maybe st- stands wrong or tramps on something wrong, twists his ankle or, or Gennett Xhaka, you know, someone flies into a tackle and, and suddenly he's out four, five, six games with a red card. And you're forced to have Lekonga deputize, you know. Like, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not good enough at the moment. I mean, you know, he said last season, give him some time. It's uh, fair enough he hasn't had game time. But when you get the opportunity, no disrespect to Oxford United. I mean, you need to make your presence felt. I mean, even if even if you're a flat-track bully kind of and say, oh, wow, he played well. But, I mean, he got split up against Oxford even. But, again, maybe it, it plays out like this. We, you know, we, we criticise the player and all of a sudden... He starts putting out worldly performances and we have to and two goals, two goals against City at the evidence to win the game. I mean, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we also needed something different like going to after because, look, you could see Oxford were getting kind of more uh, ballsy and, I mean, they were just, you know, eating root one, you know, almost like a, the old-style kick-and-rush football. So, I mean, look, we end up you know, going to halftime, and I mean, you could see the team also needed a, a thorough team talk and, and you know, Arteta inspiration again. So we come out second half. I mean, we kind of also come out second half quite sleepy because, I mean, uh, Oxford come forward, Arsenal uh, can't really deal with the, getting the long ball. Uh, Oxford eventually start breaching the defensive line. Matt Taylor ends up the, the striker. He ends up surging through on goal. Luckily enough, Matt Turner's very quick to read the situation and he comes racing off his line and snaps out the chance. And I mean, it could have been 1 0 for, for the Oxers. It was a very good stop. I mean, he, like sometimes keepers open their legs up and the ball gets slotted through. I think I almost did like a cricket style. Um, yes, yes. You know, they normally try to catch the ball up. I did that and it like almost like cannon off the side of his leg. So. You know, very good save. It could have been a very different evening if that ball goes in. Yeah. You know, the stadium goes wild and, you know, they have something to hold on to. Yeah. In the 55th minute, Arsenal get a chance on the attack. Vieira and Saka link up. Saka ends up firing a goal-bound effort and the central defender bait makes a solid uh, block. Yeah, I know Vieira starting to pull the strings, you know, like uh, like a puppet master or... And I think he, the more he started now growing in confidence, you could see Arsenal taking a foothold in the game. Yeah, and then on the hour mark, Arteta kind of had enough of almost like a, a kind of sloppiness in midfield at times. He ends up uh, holding off uh, Lukonga and, of course, Tierney as a left back. And he brings on Zinchenko and Xhaka within three uh, Yeah, go on. Go on. So, sorry. Oh, with the change of Tierney, do you think that's was was purely like performance why did you think it was just Tierney on his race because I mean you know Tierney hasn't been getting a lot of game time and and Zinchenko you know seems to be Arteta's man and Tierney's on to fall down the picking order do you think it's a matter of time before he gets fed up yeah I mean I look I have been so hearing you know murmurs of, of things that you're playing but I just think to myself look Arteta will give you like the time and it but I just think he was getting beyond, but he was not really, you know, getting the ball into the box because I mean there were so many 
players now making themselves available to the flank. So every now and then you could see he was either not maybe being helped, right, on, on the flank, like that, but I just think at the moment uh, it's also good to have a sort of plan B with Zinchenko coming in because you, that hope that, that, that changes actually you could see the dimension changing completely of the game because when we know like Xhaka came in, it's almost like you know the the, the Mr. Dependable coming on and then the guy that was like Lotcom that was kind of kind of drowning in that, that midfield gets sold off. So I mean immediately you saw control like within the first 30, 40 seconds, you saw Granit Xhaka taking control of central midfield already. So Chenko already started giving uh, Oxford United their right back and their right winger a total different way of, of having to defend because all of a sudden Zunchenko started to drift himself into the into midfield, and they're now not sure: do we now stick out to the wide, stick out wide, or do you let Arsenal now start overloading in the midfield? Yeah, no, it gave him definitely something to think about. And you know, when you give it a uh, lower, not lower, but like you know, a team that's not up to your Premier League standard, something more to think about, it, it becomes a bit tricky because you know, after they in the Championship or League One, Oxford. They, yeah, League One. Yeah, so like I'm sure they don't come across like very much at inverted left backs type of thing. Yeah. You know, there's a, a new, you know, new kind of kettle of fish to deal with. Different yeah. kind of, and now you know you say like the game starts to change. Yeah, like within what three minutes of the substitutions, uh, old Nini swoops in with a header after fantastic uh, assist from Vieira and also go one lot. You know, he's really starting to show Vieira that he can be that guy that can even play with Odegaard sometimes, you know, in a in a game like, you know, maybe a game like Newcastle in the future where I know people were, even me, I was thinking, you know, he might get bullied by the, the Newcastle midfield. But if in a case where you have like 20 minutes to go and you need to unlock a door, I think he's a guy you can, you know, throw on maybe with Odegaard to kind of, you know, that Chevy and Iniesta type. Um, style of play together where they 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 can they always have a good pass on them. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you heard also, but I mean the Oxford manager also said post match, uh, especially with that free kick. He said, I mean the the the, I mean I don't know how much credit he could have even given, uh, how much more credit he gave uh, Vieira because he said, I mean that that free kick was it was like so fantastically where, I mean he put so much pace and bend on the ball. All um, all they needed to do was like run into the ball with his head. Because the power was already there in the cross. So any contact with any body part, I think it just bullets into the net, which it did. Yeah, no, it, 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 was, a, it was a very good good goal for us to, to score at the time as well. And yeah, happy that Al Nene again finds the score sheet for us. I mean, he's a very hard-working player, yeah. so I'm most happy with when something goes his way. Yeah, me too. Um, then 70th minute, Ketia ends up getting a gem of a reverse pass from Vieira. He ends up, you know, going past the keeper and in uh, running around the keeper, and he ends up slotting on two 0 Arsenal. Yeah, I think for me that that is it. You know, you couldn't see Arsenal coming back. You see the legs tiring, but you could see yeah. also the importance of having a a solid squad. Like you know, it was like it wasn't like that, but it was similar to here comes the cavalry when they brought. Um, yes, I felt so too. Yeah. It's a different kind of cavalry, but it was, you know, it was something to 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 make Oxford to think about, and I think that's what you need of a squad. You know, you, you not every game is going to be won with your starting eleven. Okay, this is a bit different because it's, you know, it was Oxford, but I mean, 
you know, like a Newcastle game, you have a few other players off the bench coming off. I mean, it can add a, uh, a lot. So, you know, 2 not to Arsenal and you, and you think the game's done at the moment, you know, time to rest some players and look forward to the North London derby. And one thing I just want to also add, I mean, for me, whenever I see uh, situations like this where the opponent is, you know, tough to break down, and it, it always reminds me of that when you now mentioned bring on the cavalry when we played Gillingham back in the day in the, I think, FA Cup also where you yeah. were struggling, I think we were also a goal or so down in the game. It was 2-0 down, down, I think, or 2-1 yeah. down or something. And then Wenger brings on, what was it, Perez, Henri, and I don't know who else it was, and I mean, the game gets changed within also, like, you know, a matter of minutes. Yeah, I think it was could have been a season where we had to go win the FA Cup as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 75th minute, uh, Arsenal makes this uh, the first substitution. Uh, Saka coming off, Emil Smith-Rowe coming on. Uh, what was your thoughts now to see him again? No, it was exciting to see him again. I think it's... It's a it's a good player to have in the squad. I mean, you know, he's he also a type of guy. If he gets a few run of games, he can also do things. And I think it's important to get, start getting all your players back now. You know, we've we've coming to the business end of the season. I think Arsenal over the years. I mean, I'm sure you can also after over recent years. I think you know towards the latter part of the Vegas era, like this part of the season was notorious for players not to pick up knocks and and you know we started losing them till. The end of the season until April, but I think it's like hopefully a changing now. Where you know he's going to come back, Jesus is going to come back. You know, maybe one or other two new faces maybe come in, and you you kind of have this model boosting squad that has now you know time to come back. And I think he's a good player to have. He gets goals, like important goals at crucial times. Even though you know at the end of last season. I wasn't too impressed with him, but like you, I think you mentioned, I don't know if it was last week in the podcast or if it was, um, you know, a private message. He actually had a, like a, a groin injury that was, you know, plaguing him up until the end of the season and he had to have it sorted out. Yeah, because, I mean, this is actually, you know, funny enough, as it now leads me into this little point I'm to make was um, that injury that he had, it's actually been bothering him since he was 18, I heard. And it's sure. been. He, he never even had, like, you know, decided to go on the opera, under operation. And I think now, uh, what was it, uh, sometime in 2022, that is when the club also decided, I mean, look, it's like down to the doctors and Arteta and the player, where they decided, look, rather do that operation. I mean, we're going to miss you. I like, you know, miss you for about three months or so. But just do it because that's it. That's how you could see there, there was, I don't know if you also picked up in certain games. It's it's like after that that one game I don't know if it was like the Spurs game where we won, but he he was almost like getting kind of slower because it's like he's not going flat out. Look, he does have a turn of pace in him, but it's like it, it's very sporadic. He's, he's sort of uh, you know he's full sprint like, and I mean full power sprint. So yeah, who knows? Maybe we have like a new signing in Burton Commerce as all us Arsenal fans. You know, are you still accustomed to being? You say, yeah. <laughs> Then 76 minute, uh, fantastic run by Martinelli. Ends up leading, he ends up feeding the ball through to Eden Ketia again. And Ketia beats the offside trap. And as the goalkeeper advances, he ends up just dinking the ball over the keeper and Arsenal goes 3 0 up. Yeah, that's a surely game set in match. But good on Ketia to get his you know, morale up by scoring more and more. Just uh, I hope he can keep the form up. And I think you know, it'll be good to have. Uh, Kind of this type of get here when Jesus comes almost to say, yeah. you know what, 
if you're not going to score, I will score, and I'll put pressure on you, and it'll kind of lead to some healthy competition. Yes, I fully agree with it. Um, then we made that two more substitutions. Uh, Tom Yasu and Vieira coming off, Ben White and Marquinhos coming on. Uh, we end up seeing the game through, winning 3-0, and we move on to the fourth round, uh, and we, we're going to face Man City at the Etihad. Oh, I think you win that game. You could, you know, set yourself really on a on a path to that to, to Wembley because I think I mean Man City are also probably going to be angry for some silverware because I mean being knocked at the EFL Cup probably didn't do them any favors or us favors as well. So you know, going to be a tough game, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also going to come down to. Like you know that that question that you not question that that, that point you uh, pointed out in the start of the podcast about depth of the squad because I think it's going to come down to that also because uh, look I think Pep Pep will probably be a bit shaky now with after that Southampton defeat in the in the League Cup so I just wonder now if he's going to now you know sacrifice all that and then throw in almost like a more first string type of team because I mean look he had backup keeper playing he had a, a few like. Haaland, he ended up keeping on the bench and that. But, I mean, I, you just wonder now, does he now, you know, throw it all on the line now for the FA Cup? Yeah, that's, that's my big worry, you know, that he might go full strength. And, because I think as going to the, as the Emirates, you know, you, you, you feel a bit more confident about going to the Etihad. You know, uh, maybe the game played out into a draw or whatever. But, you know, I, I hope we can get over the line because I think it's nice just to... Um, you know, I have these further cup runs. I know it can be a distraction sometimes, but yeah. it's good to, to 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 push as far as you can in the various competitions. It, it keeps players playing time, keeps the squad happy, and you never know what comes out of it, you know, the further you go in a competition. Yeah, 100%. Um, now, I'll switch out uh, attention to the preview of the Spurs versus the Arsenal match. Um, fifth meets first in this North London derby. As Arteta and Conte, you know, finally tune the sides, you know, uh, which will be a massive North London derby. I mean, Spurs uh, wanting themselves to get themselves, like, you know, get it, uh, themselves back into the top four. And Arsenal again wanting to pull away from the chasing pack as far as they can, you know, to extend that lead that they have. So, I mean, I mean, it's all set up for, you know, Arminding. It's all set up for Harry uh, Kane goal, as usual. I mean, I'm so sick of. Of, of Harry Kane scoring against us, especially when we're playing Tottenham at their home ground. I think, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a mental thing or, or something like that, but it just seems like whenever we've gone there, they've always just, over recent years, put take, put us to the sword. I mean, I just think of last season, they beat us 3-0 the season before, it was 2-0, then 2-1. Um, okay, I think we drew then the one season with that Ramsey goal. But, yeah, it's just... We we haven't had the the luxury of of of, of beating them at their home ground, and I think this is going to be a massive test for Arsenal, um, especially the fact that in a few hours' time, Man United and City kick off as well. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, with regards to Tottenham, um, average rating now for them of the players: Bentacur seven point six, uh, Harry Kane seven point six, and Hoiberg seven point five. In the goal standings again, uh, Kane. Up on his own there with 15, then Son on four, Hoiberg on four, assists for Spurs, Perisic five, 
Kulusevsky five and Son two, which is, I mean, for me, very unlikely with Son, because, I mean, he's always been like a four-man, but it's like this season he's kind of been struggling even before the World Cup. Um, with us, Arsenal average rating, uh, Odegaard uh, top the eight, 7.8, Saka 7.7, and Party 7.7. Goals for Arsenal so far, Martinelli 7, Odegaard 7, Saka 6, and in assists column, Saka got six assists, Odegaard 6, and who would have thought Jesus still hanging in there with five. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I think um, hopefully when he comes back, he can add to all that. But it's going to be an interesting game. I think, I mean, I don't want to go too far ahead, but I mean, this next two weeks in the Premier League could, you know, set a lot, say a lot of, 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 of where we could be, you know, come the end of the season because... Um, you know, Arsenal take on Spurs now, and 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 like I said, United take on City in the following week. I mean, I think sandwich between next week. It's um, I think Spurs and City then they play each other. Like also, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Pal- and, then, and I mean, even Man United they have also a game on. I think the Tuesday because they have to play Palace. I mean, Palace, yes. And then we play United on, on, on. I mean, you never know what could happen, but I mean, you know, Arsenal will really show that they've turned the corner. I mean, if we can take up the three points, but in, in your, um, it's, it's a realistically, you know, Spurs at home, you walk away with a point. I mean, do you, do you say it's, do you say United beat, beat City and Arsenal walk away with a point? Do you walk out, you know, with your, with your head out high, or do you say, you know, that was advantage dropped or, or, you know, maybe um, City draw against United, Arsenal draw, you're still a bit unhappy? Or do you say, you know what, you know, no one's gained ground and we will win it the next week? Or do you feel that if City, you know, somehow let something slip tomorrow, yeah. today, we have to go there and win tomorrow? No, I mean, like, my my point is just, look, we've got the, like, at the, at the moment, we have the points in the bag so far. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But my thing is just, I, look, I base my uh, almost like thoughts of this whole game now, even tomorrow, on the, just the the fact that that like look, I I'm somebody I sometimes so undercover. I will go on 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 say Tottenham uh, YouTube pages just to see what the, the fan base is like. You like you yeah. need to fill the room type of thing, and a lot of them are annoyed at, at the way that Tottenham are at home and they try to play a sitting back game because. It's not like that, that point that you and I made when we were talking like throughout the course of the season where you can also get lost in that sort of defensive way of playing because all of a sudden you go from just defending your off to all of a sudden you have to almost like camp in your own box because you just can't get out. And that is what they wanted. And I think that is where, where Aston Villa took that advantage of Tottenham trying to play that sort of game of the counter-attacking game and sitting deep. And I think, again, for us, the big bonus is we're probably up there now with one of the fastest starters in the Premier League with, with games within the first five to ten minutes, they always try to because I think the, the uh, you know that what they call it X that, 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 the expected goal ratio thing that yes. they, we something like 9.4, which is like just about one, so it's not like they, oh. they, in that ratio, they already up there so you, I think Tottenham will be probably expecting that sort of storm to, to weather that storm and then the question now, of course, will be for, for Conte and, and how he sets his team defensively. How are they going to weather that storm if we're going to come out? Like, I mean, you're going to have, like, whoever their right back is going to be, you're going to have Martinelli bombing down there. You're going to have Zinchenko's probably trying to cause total chaos in midfield. 
And you know, I mean, you've got Saka who can be very like a trickster, try to, uh, you know, uh, work himself through the lines. And then you're going to have a, a real scrap in central midfield where, look, I think, but for that, that players, that contingent that's out for Spurs, I think the only guys of the, the, the players out that comes back is Kulusevsky, who can be tricky if, yeah. if you don't watch him closely. But I mean, other than that, you've got Hoiberg, who can be very reckless. So it's going to come down to how Xhaka and Party control that game. Because look, at the game at the Emirates, Hoiberg had a torrid time against Party, like trying to track him, trying to somehow have others help him to, to close the game down around Xhaka as well. So it's going to be interesting how, how it's going to play out. But I still expect Arsenal to come out, you know, guns blazing, as they would say. Yeah, no pun intended. But... Yeah. Um... Yeah, so 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 you so you say you know the the win is critical for you regardless of what happens, and I think if if City beat United, do you do you say you know a draw will make you feel but an edge against Leicester Spurs? So if City wins, you you feel Arsenal need to match the result basically, match or beat the result. No, I mean look, I just want to. If I think any drop point by City is a bonus for us. Yeah, but I'm at the stage now where. You're almost like riding that confidence wave with the team now. And I mean, all our schooners are probably the same as well. We, you, you're not even thinking of, of worst case or not. That's why I think yeah, that's why even a draw, sometimes you, you feel down at this point because yeah. you're riding so high. Like that Newcastle game, one did feel like deflated for a day, but then afterwards you start thinking, uh, you know, about how things played out and then, and then you start feeling, you know, a little bit better. But I think... We're riding on this wave now, and like, let's just keep it going now because it's almost like a ste- uh, train that's, that's gathered its steam now and, you know, just knocking everything down in its path now. Yeah, no, but perfect analogy, actually. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like, at the moment, I'm like, and, and I think Arteta is also driving into the team, and, and, and also the coaches also look, uh, us as a club, I have also a uh, one-on-one coach there that, that talks to the players of the yeah. feelings, emotions, and whatever. And I think right now everything is on a sort of peak where they do feel like you know when they're gonna turn up wherever, whether it's home or away, they're gonna just start to steamroll you. That that and it, yeah. I think that is where the certain fear factors do come in for the opponent. No, I agree with you hundred percent. I think yeah, you know. Push on, get the result, and move on to next week. I think you know if Arsenal can pick up the three points, it will it will say a lot. I mean, especially you know, regardless of what City do, but it's almost like you know, even if City put the pressure on them and say, okay, we're beating Man United at Old Trafford, and we say, okay, but we're gonna beat Tottenham at the Tottenham Stadium, you know, it, it kind of it even instills more belief. And so, you know, I mean, look, it's gonna lead me now straight into the talking points. Yeah, because. I mean, for me, my personal advice to like fans or even like to you, don't get caught up in the not only the hype of the media trying to build us up or, or trying to put that seed of doubt in it. You just focus. You get that total like blinkered way, you know, when you enter an arena. That is how yeah. you should be watching Arsenal right now because the same way you're gonna have that sort of vibe, you're gonna see that, that vibe doesn't go through the fan base, and from that fan base, it starts leaking into that that players, and you can see where they play with that swagger, where they're knocking the ball around, almost like. And you can actually see how they almost play cat and mouse with a, with a team. And then all of yeah. a sudden, you'll see uh, Arsenal switch to a sort of mode where um, they start trying to draw you out of that position. And the minute you do that, then bang, you you know, you're going to get hit with a sort of attack that you can't even deal with. And then, I mean, you can see also what, what, what also impressed me. I don't know if any of your listeners also noticed, but 
when all sorts of people have high tempo and it's not tiring, then they switch totally to a uh, sort of uh, one touch or, or just start knocking the ball around just so that everybody can slow the pace down, gather their breath, and then we go again. Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting times, I guess. I just, you know, sometimes yeah, as an Arsenal fan, you, if, you, if, you, if you've been so on a high sometimes, yeah. and then you just drop, you know, like a, like a roller coaster so sharp and then, you know, all the wheels come off. So, yeah, I think it is a different mentality in the camp at the moment. You can see, you know, under Arteta, it's he's, he's definitely changed things the way we do things at the club. And I mean, you heard Odegaard also the other day post-match that all we have to do right now is, is a, like, not only a club, but players and, and the fan base, just stay focused and go game by game. That's it. Because as long as you're chugging along, People can criticize whatever, but if you're gathering that points and you suddenly opening the gap in it, it's going to be like whatever people say or do, whatever, it's going to mean nothing because we are just marching on. That's all. That's, I think that's yeah. the important thing to get in our mindset. And I mean, I think the players already have that sort of mindset as as is. I mean, you can see that sort of confidence they play with now. And if the one group is not doing the, the, the business, there is somebody else waiting in the wings to carry it on. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. So, um, next point, uh, Mudrik rumours, uh, you know, of course, are now growing since I think last night sometime because it looks like the clubs are all coming to an agreement now because they're getting up close to that. Because, look, it was always going to be that. Look, uh, Shakhtar had a, a, a figure in the head, Arsenal had a figure in the head, and it was not, like, you know, reaching the point. But I think now we're getting out to that sort of middle point and things look like it is happening. Yeah, I know. It, uh, I think it's... Arsenal showed the world that they're not going to get bullied into high transfer fees. Like, you know, like actually United, they would have probably just paid 120 million, you know, to, to get the guy to the club like they did with Anthony. So it just showed to the rest of the world that, you know, this up-and-coming youngster, I mean, who's, who's really showed his talent on the Champions League, you know, the highest stage shows that he can, you know, he can dish it out. And I think the fact that Arsenal... I mean, he wanted to come to the club and Arsenal yeah. didn't panic. They negotiated and they sat down and said, you know, this is what we're wanting to play. And they knew the players probably wanted to come. So they knew that, you know, they were, Shakhtar would have had an happy player. So they didn't like try to undercut Shakhtar, but they tried to be reasonable about it. And, you know, if this deal does go through, what the player will have from this point. And I mean, another thing also, I think with all the little add-ons they've added, just for, say, someone like Modric to be that sort of linchpin that actually gets us now that uh, just over the line to to uh, just even like, qualify for the Champions League. I mean, that's going to be part of that bonus thing probably where Shakhtar gets a bit of extra money as part of the deal just before, because he's not being part of the squad getting us you know, into the Champions League. So I, I fully agree with you with that, with that whole excitement factor of him because I mean, it's going to be to something totally new to us to see. I mean, I don't think we've even seen a winger like that since Overmars or somebody with that sort of speed, but that footwork also of uh, Santi Cazola, which is also fantastic there because I think the last thing a defender wants is uh, like a two-footed player uh, dribbling at him at full speed. Yeah, and, and I have that option of, you know, he's obviously going to have four or five players vying for three spots. Um, but I mean, like, just imagine, you know, whether you look at it from a point of view, you have Saka sitting on the bench and, and Mudrik, is, is playing or Martinelli's on the bench and Woodley's playing or Woodley's on the bench and, you know, those three are playing. But can you imagine just, like, bringing maybe, like, a sucker and a, 
and uh, Martinelli or Moody and a, a Saka off the bench, you know, in a game where it's nil-nil, and then the team's playing with tied leg, and that guy is sprinting. Because I mean, when that Mudrik sets off, it's like he's like a rocket that just yeah. goes. And I mean, look, if you think of that, that Newcastle game, look, remember when we were having a chuckle about how the Newcastle players had last quarter, then some of their legs couldn't even move, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, they were the sort of pressing and, and while they had to defend took so much out of their legs. Now you throw on something like that, you give that uh, Mudrik something like that, a uh, 15-minute burst against Newcastle at that point. You would have probably destroyed them single-handedly. I mean, there was a way he, he shoots and, and sets up people for goals. Yeah, no, I agree with you. 100%. I think there's a lot he's going to bring to the team and we'll be stronger for it. Now, if we can just get over the line, we can confirm it and yeah. being a bit greedy, but hopefully we can get another guy to help in the middle of the park. Yeah, that would be a big bonus. Um, conspiratorial factor that I just want to throw into the mix before we end off the podcast. Uh, something is really up at the, the Football Association because Arsenal now, yesterday, faces now two charges of not controlling their players. The one was against Newcastle when we wanted that, that last-minute type of penalty. And then there was a, almost like a blatant one. Of course, there was no VAR for the FA Cup game at Oxford. But it was also like, you know, uh, the ball was handled in the box and the ref somehow did not, you know, pick it up. And then, of course, now you have another charge coming. Not a charge, a more of a warning for Zinchenko. With the FA told him, he's almost like over-celebrating and I mean, what dog wash is this? I mean, where do you come with things like this? It's not like they're just randomly making up stuff to almost like put us off our game or the way we are now doing things. Over celebrating, I mean, yes. come on. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't, I have never seen him do anything over the top with disrespectful to the opposition. I don't know if I missed something. As I said, it, 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 for me, it's more like something that the FA trying to cook up to. You know, to like set us up to to like to give us give them a reason to like punish us, because I mean, but and for me, it kind of reminds us of that, that talk that James George Graham had back in the day in the nineties, where he said it's always you must have that mentality of us against them because they're always gonna clamp down on us, harder than you know whoever else is involved in the match with us. No, no, I I agree. I think it's unfair to 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 make these comments. I mean, we've seen. All clubs go on like this, but yeah. I guess we're the scapegoat, but it's fine. It's just we're doing something right. Yeah. So, you know what? Let's keep up the momentum and keep on it to the haters. Because so they say haters going to hate. Yeah. So, with that, we're going to end the podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the derby tomorrow. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye.